You're listening to the Be Well, Be Wild podcast. I'm Jenny Wolf, and with over 13 years of coaching experience, I know a thing or two about transforming the way you live, love, and lead. If you're looking to wildly upgrade your life, relationships, productivity, mental, physical, spiritual well-being, then you're in the right place. My goal on this podcast is to show you how to authentically leverage greater well-being, connection, and leadership to create true joy and lasting success at home and work. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, skills, and mindset shifts required to say bye to the status quo life and hello to being well and wildly successful. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are diving into 15 real-life struggles that you might be facing when it comes to work-life balance. So these things are indicative that the balance feels off for you. Um, And then what I'm going to do with each one of them, it's going to be more of like a rapid fire because I could probably like go on and on about each of these, but... I'm going to try to really stick to just a very quick tip for each one of these to help you make a shift to restore more balance. And I want to remind you before we jump into these 15 things that these, um, that like when we're really thinking about work-life balance, that it is more of an experience rather than like something that you need to go and do to create the balance, right? So we're not trying to find like an even split between like work and life, right? But instead, I like to think of it, I use the word work-life integration to figure out what actually creates more of like a flow for us so that our work fills us up and our life fills us up and these things basically fuel us and feel each other, right? So that's where the integration piece comes in and it feels like a more fluid um, experience. And that's what I want you to also start to just be thinking about because that's going to really support you and understanding like when you start to see what the struggle is to know what your solution is for that struggle. Because when you can identify what you envision for yourself when it comes to having more of a balanced work and life, then that's going to allow you then to move towards that. But so many times we're focused on the struggle and we're not focused on the solution or the vision of where we want to go. And so when I, as I dive into these, I know that we're focusing on the struggle, but then that what we, I want you to do is I want you to see this is what the solution is for me. And when I'm experiencing this struggle, then I know that I can move into this solution. The other thing is if you have not already taken it, I have a work-life assessment that um, will give you custom results based on your answers. There's 20 true or false questions that you can go through really quickly. It's less than five minutes. That then I will spit out what your work lifestyle is, and then you will get a custom guide from me with a tool. These are actual things that I use with my clients that will support you to start to create more balance in your life. So I highly recommend that if you haven't done that assessment that you go and check that out, there'll be a link in the bio for that assessment. So um, let's go ahead and jump into these 15 real life struggles and their solutions when it comes to work-life balance and what you might be experiencing here and what this might look like for you. So number one is difficulty disconnecting from work 
and even um, when you're like off the clock, right? So this might just be in your mind, like mentally disconnect- disconnecting, but it also can be that, you know, you are physically have a hard time disconnecting, that you're picking up your phone, you're checking your email, you're feeling like, you know, as soon as you wake up in the morning or before you go to bed or when you're sitting at dinner with your family that you feel like you constantly need to be on and available um, for people at work or be checking something or whatever it might be. So that's a really big indication that we need to restore some balance. So here, this is really about then, like what I said earlier, is about you creating this vision for yourself. This is something that I offer in that assessment that I give you guys, so I definitely highly recommend that you do that. Number two is feeling overwhelmed by a heavy workload. Um, So perhaps this just looks like, you know, you have a lot on your to-do list and you're not even sure where to start and it just feels like you are constantly drowning in work. So I would say here that the solution is going to be moving into prioritizing things and really looking at what actually needs to get done and how can we get some things off our plate and even simplify it. Sometimes really what th- what happens with this is that we've been procrastinating, um, which is another whole different topic, um, but we've been procrastinating. So then we build that heavy workload and then we like actually kind of thrive off of this cycle of just like it letting it build and then getting it done and then letting it build and getting it done. Um, and when I say we thrive off the cycle, we actually – we it's it's become a winning strategy, but it's not actually sustainable. So um, again, I would refer back to the assessment because I give you some pretty stellar information that will support you with this one. Number three is struggling to prioritize competing demands on time. So let's just say you have a couple deadlines and you're finding out really you're finding it really difficult, like what to prioritize. This kind of leads in from number two, right? Like you're not even sure what to look at, like what to actually do first. Um, so what I usually recommend here is there's there needs to be some communication because obviously if someone's handing you work that you feel like you cannot get done in the time that they want you to, then of course we're going to need to have a conversation with them or figure out you know some better solutions or ask for some support. So that's really where this comes into a couple things here: asking for support, changing deadlines. This is huge, guys. Like changing deadlines. Sometimes even moving a deadline up for something is really supportive because then you know that you can you can focus on that one first to get that done, and then you focus on the one that has the further out deadline later after you get that first one done. So that way that you're not moving, um, like you know the saying is is like you're chasing two rabbits, right? Because you're not going to ca- catch either of them. So we want to prioritize what are you going to do first, um, and sometimes changing deadlines can be really supportive here. Four is feeling guilty about taking time off or delegating tasks to others. So um, guilt is a huge thing when it comes to this stuff, you guys, um, and I totally get that. In our society, this is, um, you know, I think this this can be a challenging thing to break free from, and this really just comes from, you know, like shifting our mindset, seeing that, you know, it's actually really useful for you to take time off and for you to ask for support because that is actually going to allow you to take care of things way better. And when you start to create evidence for that, you're more likely to do it. So that really is just a practice that you can start to embody. Um, 
you can start small and build and start to see, oh my gosh, yeah, this is so much better, right? Like I'm, I'm a better human being when I have some time for myself. Number five is difficulty setting boundaries with workers, with other coworkers or even clients. So perhaps like, you know, people schedule 7 p.m. meetings with you all the time or you get, you know, an influx of messages from a client um, to your personal cell phone. Um, All of these things are – in your control. <laughs> Actually, everything we're talking about, you guys, is in your control. And that's a key here. And I know you might feel like, no, it's not. But this is where coaching is really supportive because we can start to see, oh, there's another way to look at this. And, you know, I will say this just from my experience, you guys, like you cannot see the picture when you're in the frame. You've probably heard me say that before. So if you're hearing me say that right now and you're like, no, Jenny, no, like I totally feel you. I understand. I know what you're saying. Um, and when you're in it, it's so hard to see how to do it. It's so hard to see the other way because if you knew the other way, you would be doing it, but you're just getting glimpses of it. So it's like you get like pieces of it or like, a, a you know, just like a little, uh, yeah, a glimpse of it. And then you're not really sure how to implement that or how to really embody that way of being or showing up with your coworkers or your clients. And so it becomes challenging, right? So then you will switch through all these different, you know, struggles that we're talking about. Um, number six is working long hours or sacrificing personal time to meet deadlines. Um, so one of the things that I always find really interesting when I'm working with my clients is we will sometimes go through like a time audit and a fun way. I know it sounds really boring, but we do it in a fun way. And then we create what we actually want the day to look like um, with a certain tool that I have. And this is really helpful because I've had so many people realize that um, they don't actually need to be working as much as they are working, that they can get the things done that they really need to get done that make the biggest impact in way less time than they thought. And when you actually determine what that is and you see it on paper, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, I think here one of the biggest struggles about like sacrificing personal time to meet deadlines is um, seeing that like for some people is like they won't be really productive during the day. Um, and then they find that then their personal time, they need to focus on that, right? Like, and I'm not saying that's always the case, but like, I know that I've been guilty of that where like, you know, I ha- needed to do something and I like didn't do it <laughs> when I was, when I should have done it. And then so I had to, you know, maybe cancel a personal, you know, like something that was like a personal meeting or something like that in order to get something done. Um, Number seven is lack of support from supervisors or colleagues for work-life balance initiatives. Um, This can be really challenging if you work for a company that you feel like doesn't actually support you in having balance, right? Like this is where it really is important for us to identify what our values are, what our vision is, and to make sure that we're working alongside other people that, um, you know, get this and understand this. Um, Number eight is feeling like work is taking over life and little, like leaving little time for personal interests or hobbies. This, I think, is such a perspective shift. 
I have worked with a lot of people that have very demanding jobs. And let me just say that I think people that run their own business, that this is one of the challenges because like you might really love what you do, but like you could always do more in your business. Like I know that. Like I could always – there's always something that I could work on. And I think that this can just become a pattern and a cycle and a habit and this happens with any anybody's work where it just feels like it takes over and it feels like, well, I don't know what else to do and I don't have anything else to do. So I'm just going to focus on work. I'm going to go to work early. I'm going to stay at work late and I'm going to, you know, like just focus on work. And then I'm going to be so burnt out by the time that the, the weekend comes that I literally don't have any energy to do anything else besides like lay in bed and eat a pizza. (laughs) So if that sounds like you, like that is that cycle. Um, And so we need to start to insert some like time for personal interests and hobbies. Like what would you do? If you haven't listened to the play episode, then I would definitely listen to that one. Um, Number nine is difficulty managing stress or anxiety related to work demands. Okay, so I'll just tell you my strategy with this. This is not the only strategy. But managing stress, managing anxiety, especially when it comes to anything work-related, well, actually anything, you guys, like relationship, personal, anything, I focus on clearing and nervous system regulation tools, emotional regulation, nervous system regulation tools. Um, This is stuff that I teach in my signature program, Well and Wild Method, These are life skills. These are things that you do not learn in school that you wish that you would have because it really supports you to just deal with things that are really – that are challenging, right? The thing with this one especially I find is that so many people don't know how to do this that it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then we blow up or we burn out and then the cycle continues And so what we're really trying to do is find some really um, easy ways, like simple and easy ways for you to manage your stress and your anxiety, but essentially to like clear it. And as it builds, you clear it and it builds again and you clear it just like if you were to brush your teeth, you don't brush your teeth once and then say, I'm done. You continually to brush your teeth every single day when you have that tool like a toothbrush and you have that habit and that skill then it becomes easier and it's simple and what I always say is a little plus often equals a lot and this is really important when it comes to managing stress and anxiety especially if you work in an environment that is stressful um and you'll see that um like when you're stressed out that the more stressed out you get. (laughs) Like, I know it sounds weird, but it's like, you know, if I'm really stressed out, then it like about something with work or something. And then I go and have a conversation with somebody and they irritate me, I'm more likely to blow up at them or to say something that I might regret. So that creates more stress. And then my relationships are rocky and my work feels rocky. And then everything kind of just feels rocky. And that increases your stress or your anxiety more. And you can see that like if we don't have these skills that they just tend to build and build and build. So if we start to manage it in a way that we're, you know, putting in more deposits, that we're clearing some things and we're depositing some goodness into our life, 
that this is where we start to feel more restored and more balanced. Um, huge. Um, and I just want to say about this one, right? Like, so when you start to learn those tools, then you're showing up in a way where you're less likely to um, create more conflict. <laughs> so like if you're really stressed out going into a stressful workout situation, you're more likely to be more stressed out because you may not deal with that in the best way. This is why I always say like nervous system regulation is a key to being a leader because when you can actually regulate your emotions and you have cleared any resentment, blame, anger, shame, any, any all of that, and you can approach a situation from a clear and calm place, you're more likely to make decisions that are in alignment with who you really are, who's in within integrity with who you really are, but also that's best for everyone involved rather than you just, you know, reacting to a situation. So number four, I think, is a really common thing that people are experiencing, right? Like you're having a really hard time managing your stress and your anxiety when it comes to work. Like there are tools for that. Um, and it's okay that you don't know them. Like you haven't learned them. Like, you know, you need, you need to learn them <laughs> and it'll become more useful to you. Um, number 10 is challenges me maintaining a healthy lifestyle, such as exercising regularly or eating well. Um, but this can also be like any outside of your physical, um, well-being, right? Maybe it's like, um, going to therapy, like you're having a hard time, like showing up for that or, um, doing anything that's really supportive for your well-being and for your health, like maybe going to a doctor's appointment, um, going to the dentist, um, different things like that. So what I would say here is like when you start to see that like when these deposits that you make in yourself, that they help you expand you, that they help you expand in how you show up, that you are more likely to invest in them, to invest your time and your resources into them. And there's also creative ways. Like I always invite people here to like get creative around ways for you to implement a healthy lifestyle. A lot of this has to do with how we identify ourselves. If you view yourself and you identify with somebody or as someone that is like a workaholic or that needs to work really, really hard all the time, then it's going to be less likely that you're going to be able to maintain healthy habits because that's not part of your identity. So this is a lot of the work that we also do in Wild and Wild Method is shifting that, is like identifying like who you really want to be being in this world and starting to embody that version of you. So then you take the actions and then you have the results of somebody that does have a healthy lifestyle. Um, and for each person, that's going to look different. So I know that the challenges when I'm talking to people about this, one of the things that they always say is it's like a yo-yo experience. So, you know, one month you might be really great. The next you might not be. But like the whole experience is to create some sustainability. And that's the problem is that a lot of people are trying to do these things in a way that's not sustainable. So, you know, you might be doing things like New Year's resolutions or things like that that like you know, you're kind of just trying to do, I don't know, way too much. Like you're like, I'm going to work out every single day and I'm going to also eat really healthy. And, and and maybe that that's like even extreme, but it could be something like as simple as like you're not working out at all. And then you say you're going to work out three days a week and you're also going to, you know, not eat any sugar. It's like those are fairly big changes. Um, and while they might be great, um, 
you know, we want to actually look at ways that are going to be sustainable for you. If your work schedule is really demanding, then we need to find, you know, ways that are going to actually make sense for you. Um, I know that, you know, and you might, you guys might know this about me, but I was a, a personal trainer for a while and had a nutrition, a tr- like a wellness business, my degrees in nutrition. And so I was coaching a lot of people um, on creating more of a healthy lifestyle. And I cannot tell you how many people that I worked with that like simply us just um, focusing on eating three meals a day and drinking water that they shifted one, their weight to want to a weight that was healthier for them, but two, that they were most importantly feeling so much better by just doing those two things. So I just want to say that like it doesn't have to be these 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 overhauls, right? We want to really think about like what is what is sustainable for you? Where can you have some small wins that will you know allow you to feel healthier and make you feel better? Okay, number eleven is difficulty finding time for f- family or social activity. So maybe you know you want to eat dinner with your family and you feel like you have to work late every night or Maybe you want to start dating because you want to, you know, have a partner, but you're having a really hard time finding time to do that. Um, or perhaps, like, you feel like you don't even really have that many friends at this point because, like, you haven't made time for social activities because you've just been diving into your business. And, um, you know, I think that here, this is, again, this kind of comes back to this idea where we were talking earlier about, like, having more like play or hobbies in your life, like doing things of personal interest or hobbies. I think that was number eight where, you know, like when you're not used to doing these things and you just kind of become addicted to work and that's just like what you fall back on all the time because it's like the default choice and it feels comfortable, then that's like kind of what's happening here, I think. So we have to get outside of our comfort zone. (laughs) and start to make some small shifts with this and actually prioritize that if it's important. And that's why at the beginning I said it's really important for you to identify like what is your version of work-life balance? What does that look like to you? Does that look like you being done with work at four o'clock every day? Does that look like you um, having a day off every week? Um, You know, like maybe you having a four-day week instead of a five-day work week. Um, what does that actually look like for you? And and why? Like, why is that important to you? Those are all important questions. So number 12 is burnout from prolonged periods of overwork and stress. You can see how these all kind of build on each other and they're intertwined, right? But like, if you're experiencing burnout, um, you know, and I know that's also an overused term, but like, we'll just say that like you, maybe you find yourself going through cycles where you're just like working a lot. And then all of a sudden you feel like when you're done with work that you cannot do anything else besides like sit on the couch and zone out Um, or you start to have um, things happen physically, right? Like you feel like you're getting pain in your body, you're getting a lot of headaches and you feel like you're really stressed out and you can't um, manage your stress. Those are all signs of burnout. Um, And if you're experiencing that here, like I always tell people like it's a lot – easier to prevent burnout than to get out of burnout. And the reason being is because you once you're actually in burnout, like it just feels so I mean it can I know in my experience like 
it just feels like such an uphill battle, right? Whereas like I know now like if I just implement these skills on a daily basis of like nervous system regulation and stress management and all that stuff, like I'm less likely to get to that point, right? And you notice these things. And that's why our awareness comes in. It's really important. And everybody has different tolerances for this stuff. So like here, like if you are experiencing burnout, I just want to offer you like take care of yourself. Like if you need to sleep, if you need to um, take some time off of work, like do what you need to do to restore your well-being because that is the most important thing. Um, and number 13, fear of negative consequences for requesting time off or flexible work arrangements. So this is, this is one's interesting because like, this is just like, if you're fearful of negative consequences for requesting time off or flexible time arrangements, like of even asking, um, then you, you are already setting yourself up for like failure here because you're not even going to ask. Right, but you can ask in ways that um, support you and that feel good, right? Like you might think about like, what would this actually look like for me, and um, how do people go about this at my work? And I don't know about you, but like, if I'm at a place of work where they don't have—I mean, this is a big reason why I work for myself—but like, if you feel like you cannot ask for time off, um, you might just in your mind, like, let me just consider this for a minute because I know everybody's situation is different but like you might just be in your mind just not used to asking for things so you might be making a bigger deal out of it in your mind it might feel really significant but once you actually go and ask and then they're like yeah sure no problem you're like oh my gosh why didn't I why did I wait that long (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times that's happened with clients like um you know, it could be whether you're requesting time off or maybe even like, hey, I would really like to work at home, you know, a couple days a week or something like that. Like, how could we make that work? Um, you know, and 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 this is where like you have to really start to determine like what are your values, what's important for you. Again, going back to the work-life style assessment, you guys, like that's going to give you a lot of information and I think help um, you kind of wrap your head around some of these concepts. Um, number 14 is difficulty managing multiple roles or responsibilities, such as like being um, a parent and a professional, like running a business and parenting. Um, that can be challenging, right? I think that that's challenging for anyone, but really like when it comes to work-life balance, you know, a lot of people, you know, you know, I know a lot of you guys, like you want to be a really good parent and you want to be really good at your job. And it feels like those things are actually like taking away from each other. Um, so one of the things that we actually want to look at here is how those things actually fuel each other, how you being a really good professional makes you a better parent and how you being a really good parent makes you a better professional and how those, those parts of your life actually fuel each other, um, and how you can set yourself up for success in these areas. This is a really big, um, conversation that I have with a lot of my clients, um, and multiple roles can be – doesn't have to be parent professional, right? It could be that you're caretaking one of your parents and you're also um, running, you know, your own business. That can be like a really challenging thing. Um, or, you know, you're volunteering somewhere um, and you're also having to work and you're having to parent and you have all these things going on. Um, sometimes, you know, one of the things that we can look at here too is just like zooming out and thinking about like, where can I get support? 
um, so that I don't have to do it all. Sometimes we can be addicted to having to do it all. And those, again, are mindset shifts that we have to work on. Um, Or really, we just have to see the other side. And then that's when it's a lot easier to implement this. Number 15 is feeling like you're not making progress toward a personal or professional goal goal due to like lack of time or energy. So, oh my gosh, you guys, I like that we're ending with this one. What I want you to do, if this resonates with you, if you feel like you're not making progress towards a goal um, because like you don't have like time or energy, I want you to get really clear about what your expectations are of yourself. And before you even do that, I want you to say what you've already figured out. What have you already made progress on? I want you to look in your life. Like if you haven't been making progress on one of your goals, I want you to see where have where have you been putting energy and where have you been making progress? Because we're always looking or one of our, I should say, um, what you may have been doing before you heard this <laughs> is you're, you've been looking for all the areas where you're not making progress instead of all the areas that you are making progress. Um, this is another really big benefit of like having a mentor or a coach is that hopefully they're having you, this is what I do with a lot of my clients, is we're looking at what the wins are. Cool. If you haven't been making progress here, where are you making progress? Find the evidence that actually gives you pleasure and that feels expansive and Then we also have to look at, okay, if I do want to be making progress in this other area, what do I expect of myself and by when do I expect it? And is it realistic? Can I actually get that done? Am I setting myself up for success? This is huge, guys. Like I always think of like the – think of like the smallest thing that you could do that that would move you towards it and do that. Something so tiny. That would take you five minutes, less than five minutes. That would move you towards that goal because that momentum will build over time and we feel more confident when we have some sort of success. So I guarantee if you set out to do something and you say you're going to do it and you do it, that's going to make you feel more confident and therefore more successful and vice versa, right? goes both ways. So something here is, you know, I like to think of it like I'm going to use a workout example because that was my life previous to this. I mean, it's still my life. I love working out. But um, is, you know, if you were going to do box jumps, right? So a box jump is like you have a box and you're jumping from the floor onto the box with two feet, right? So you, um, if I, if, if you were just starting out with that, I wouldn't give you like a 20 inch box. I would probably give you like a three inch box, okay? So you're jumping on to that three inch box and you're like okay I can do this but if I just hand you the 20 inch box you're gonna be like if you've never done that before you're you might start to question yourself and a lot of times like we feel like we're not making progress because we're trying to jump on the 20 inch box instead of giving ourselves the three inch box and then it just feels like you're never making progress and you're like I don't have the energy to do that like or I don't know how to do that or like that's going to take so much time for me to learn how to jump on that 20 inch box so like I just can't even get – I'm not even going to start, right? Like, so hopefully that resonates with you guys. Like, figure out what your version of the 3-inch box is, and then you can build on it, right? And then we move up to the 4-inch. And then you might be like, okay, cool. No, I can definitely double that. Like, I'm going to do, like, a 10-inch box now. And then we're doing a 10-inch one. And you're making progress. But so many times, you guys, like, you might be – 
um, you know, you might be like lacking time or energy, but the thing is, is that like really you might just be setting your goal so high that it just feels defeating. All right. So that's what I have for you today in terms of these 15 struggles that you might be experiencing and some of the solutions. Hopefully that was helpful for you. But again, if you have not taken the work lifestyle assessment, highly recommend go to the link in the show notes and take that and you will get a um, you'll get some really great stuff from me, but you'll get your guide and then I'll also send you a couple other things um, that will hopefully support you to restore some balance into your work and your life. I hope that you guys are having a wonderful summer and I'm so grateful for you guys listening to the podcast and um, taking the time to leave reviews. I love reading those. So if you have not done that, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I hope that you guys have a wonderful week and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you took some value from today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the inspiration on Instagram by following along at Wellwolf or visiting the website at wellwolf.com. I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. In the meantime, be well, be wild.